This is Equipping Eve, the podcast that seeks to equip women with fruits of truth from God's Word. In his second letter to the Corinthians, the Apostle Paul wrote, But I am afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, your minds will be led astray from the simplicity and purity of devotion to Christ. A sincere and pure devotion to Christ begins by being grounded in his word. So let's open our Bibles, ladies, and prepare to feast on the truth God has given us. Well, hello, ladies, and welcome to Equipping Eve. I'm your host, Erin Benziger. Don't forget, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter. Just look for Equipping Eve. So, ladies, I've decided something. I think it's time to pitch our Pinterest perfect lives. And I'm thinking mostly of the fads and the trends that we feel like we need to follow because they're all over Pinterest and other forms of social media. And we're so insistent on being with the trends, you know, um, for a while, I think it might be fading, but I don't know. I don't want to talk too soon. You know, it's the trend to have a bunch of words on your wall, like Hobby Lobby, you walk into Hobby Lobby and there's a million words. Of course, people can't read anymore um, and they can't form full sentences. And so now we've just decided that we're just going to put single words up on our wall because you forget that you're supposed to eat in the kitchen. So you need a big sign that says eat. I don't get it. Okay. But we're so concerned about these fads and these trends and we tend to get caught up in them. And that kind of makes me think, you know, what kind of memories are we creating for ourselves and for our families and our children? You know, I remember a pre-Pinterest world, and I'm sure most of you do too. It hasn't been around that long. I remember when we had our own opinions, our likes and our dislikes, and we decorated our homes accordingly. You know, it's not all of you may remember this, but there was a fad back in the day of like chickens and farm stuff. And I know the farmhouse lane has come around again. I know it's in Hobby Lobby. But you know, if you like chickens, you put chickens in your kitchen. If you didn't like chickens, you didn't put chickens in your kitchen. Like if you liked stencils on the wall, you put stencils on the wall. If you didn't like it, you didn't do it. Like that was just the way it was. And yes, some people still try to keep up with the trends and the fads in spite of no Pinterest around. But there was less temptation, I think. And no one really cared. But now, I mean, if your house doesn't look like a Hobby Lobby, what are you going to do? It's, it has to, or there's something wrong with you. You're probably not even a Christian. I think in particular um, of Christmas decorations, you know, if you walk into my house at Christmas time, you will see a hodgepodge of Christmas decorations that hold a great deal of meaning for me and for my family. You will see a tacky, cheesy, and it will be the only Santa Claus in the house sitting on a windowsill because it was a free gift from Michael's a few years ago. And it was so hilarious that it was a free gift that we had to keep it. And we're going to remember that you'll see a, a musical mouse in a nightshirt, ceramic mouse in a nightshirt. Um, that was my mom's that she got when she worked at the JCPenney store decades ago. You will see um, some German decorations because you know my family has a German heritage and I love those German decorations. You'll see things that um, my mother crafted together because she's far more artsy than I am. Um, it will be such a hodgepodge. It will not look like a uh, 
department store display. It won't look like Hobby Lobby. It won't look like anything except my family's home. And with every single one of those decorations, there's a memory and a story. And that's what makes it cool. And I feel bad. Sometimes I look at children who are growing up and and the decorations are all perfect. They're perfectly on trend in their house. And then they get thrown away. And next year we do the next thing, whatever's popular in the magazines. It's like, where are your memories? You're not going to be able to pull those out 30 years from now and say, oh my goodness, I remember this. And I say all this, ladies, kind of as a really long introduction. (laughs) And I took too long to get here. But this whole idea of fads and this whole idea of trends, I see it happening in Christianity. There is no doubt, especially here in America, that there are a lot of places where it's just cool and trendy to call yourself a Christian. It's cool to be hashtag blessed, and a lot of people are ready to hop on that bandwagon. But the bandwagon they're boarding is one of a false faith. Because it's supported by wobbly, damning doctrine, it will not withstand the fires of persecution, and those will come. But what do we do? What do we do as the true church? Do we just stand back and say, ugh, you're just a Christian because you think it's cool to be a Christian, and wait until the persecution comes, you're going to leave. No, 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 you respond with the true gospel. Because if that person can really be converted and get out of the trend-setting Christianity and enter biblical Christianity, wow! So we respond to that trend with the truth and we let God take it from there. The Christian life is a way of life. It's not a passing fad. But when it's treated as a fad, we see all kinds of licentiousness and nonsense. And we see it being called faith. We see antinomianism just rampant by people who call themselves Christians. And there's one particular individual who's um, famous because she's been on TV and basically said, in an, she was the bachelorette, and said in an article in Variety, um, you know, she was so tired of people quote unquote slut shaming her because she had had sexual relations with people. And she's like, yeah, okay, so I'm a Christian and I've done that. But, and this is me paraphrasing, by the way, Um, you know, but that doesn't mean I'm not a Christian. You know, yeah, I make mistakes. We all do. That's what grace is for. Well, hold up. Does that mean we sin so that grace may abound? No. I mean, I'm pretty sure Paul said something about that. Let me think. Let me think about that. Let me think about that as we turn to Romans 6, ladies. Romans 6, what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Verse 15, what then? Are we to sin because we're not under law but under grace? By no means. Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness? So it may be trendy to be a Christian, 
But at the end of the day, those hashtag blasts, how legit are they? You know, and we say the hashtag blessed about the dumbest things. And then I think about the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 22. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they offspring of Abraham? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? I am a better one. I am talking like a madman with far greater labors, far more imprisonments, with countless beatings and often near death. Five times I received at the hands of the Jews the forty lashes less one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I was adrift at sea on frequent journeys in danger from rivers, danger from robbers, danger from my own people, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers, in toil and hardship through many a sleepless night, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure. And apart from other things, there's the daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches. Who is weak and I am not weak? Who is made to fall and I am not indignant? If I must boast, I will boast of the things that show my weakness. Hashtag blessed. It's not in there. I added it. The God and Father of the Lord Jesus, he who is blessed forever knows that I am not lying. At Damascus, the governor under Canaritus was guarding the city of Damascus in order to seize me, but I was let down in a basket through a window in the wall and escaped his hands. Would Paul, after that list of his persecution, write hashtag blessed? You know what? I think he would have. I think he would have because he had the mindset that the other apostles had. In Acts chapter 5, as they walked away from prison, verse 40, when they called in the apostles, they beat them and charged them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. Then they, the apostles, left the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. And every day in the temple and from house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching that the Christ is Jesus. So Paul had that same mindset. And so, yeah, after his list of imprisonments and beatings and danger in the wilderness, danger in the city, my own people, the Gentiles, everybody wants to kill me. Hashtag blessed. So we want to be trendy. We want to add a hashtag blessed to everything. Let's think about that. Before we draw the attention to ourselves, what are we drawing attention to? Okay, ladies, as uh, an Equipping Eve endorsement today, I am recommending J.C. Riles. Oh, wait. Let me get the exact title for you. It is Daily Readings from All Four Gospels for Morning and Evening by J.C. Riles. So someone uh, went through and took the... Um, commentary that J.C. Ryle did on all four Gospels, which is a great uh, commentary set if you'd like to pick that up as well. Ryle's pretty accessible. So that's uh, a resource I recommend as well. But this daily readings, it gives you, as you might imagine, daily readings, morning and evening. Uh, it gives you scripture to read and then uh, a little exposition there from Ryle with some practical application as well. So that is my endorsement for the day. And just as a parting thought, ladies, in times of hardship or persecution, 
you know, let's, let's forget about the hashtags. Let's forget about the trends. Let's forget about all that. And in times of hardship or persecution or trials or just general blahness, do we rejoice that we are counted worthy to suffer? Do we rejoice in the complications of life? And then when we experience specific suffering for Christ, whatever that is, we don't, thankfully, most of us here in the Western world have the experiences that the apostles had. But we do experience types of persecution and do we rejoice that we are counted worthy to suffer? Something to think about. It's kind of convicting. It is to me anyway. Maybe I'm the only one, but I don't think so. All right, ladies, that is all for today. So until next time, get in your Bibles, get on your knees, and get equipped. Thanks for listening. Thank you.